0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
2: plus. I, do, I would say, though, that I'm not. We're the only. Just oh, in case oh. you had to stop saying something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, just yeah, I, don't yeah, I don't know if I want to go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a good beginning to the show. Yeah. <laughs> I would say.
3: Plus, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper.
1: Yeah, we were just having a little um, kind of a macabre type discussion about, um, that's the right word to use, I think it is, um, about the fact that Russ tells everyone on Facebook when someone dies faster than anybody else can possibly yeah, imagine. Um,
2: I mean, much faster, like really, really, really fast. Like he is the king of death. There's
1: as nothing. if he's attached somehow to the obituary column or something like that. Is or
3: Commentary on how boring his life is or he's just in touch with everything.
1: Here's my theory that Russ has slowly been working on an article for TMZ about me, and that's the only thing that is—that's his whole—that's his whole thing over the many years now. So he works at TMZ, so that's why he gets all these things right away. So sl- one day he's going to re- release this damaging, destroying death story about me.
0: No, you—I will <laughs> tell you this: you will be the last one to know about your death.
2: Yeah, well, that's true. Wow. Sorry, my head just went.
3: I've stopped. Se- I've stopped sending the message. Do you hear who died to Russ? Because the first, the, the response, of course, is yes.
1: <laughs> that is uh, something.
0: I, I just do it out of respect. I don't report everyone. You don't
1: have a you don't have a board in your room with like people I who don't. are close to death, like that, like know. on the wall. Like this person's close to death, so I'm monitoring this person on Twitter no. all the time.
3: You have multiple sides or sickles.
1: There was, wow. This is sad. We well, we should, seriously. Alan Thick did pass away, yes, which is he I know, did. and he's a was a big hockey fan. Um, obviously from Ontario, not obviously, but he is from Ontario. <laughs> this is my pet peeve of myself lately is not to say obviously in front of things that aren't obvious. Alan Thick is from Ontario. If you didn't know that he was from Ontario, or even if you did, um, he's from Ontario, and but he was a hockey fan, and um, I found out, you know, as I find out everything, um, by Gary Bettman sending me a press release about it. Uh, you know, I, I somehow missed the Hall and Thick thing when it happened, and I—I I I guess I was maybe even a day late, right? Like,
0: well, if you're waiting for the NHL press release, it's never when it happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. right? But Batman had a really nice thing to say about him, how much he had helped out the NHL over the years and charity work and stuff like that. And um, my daughter, who's at school, is going to be devastated. She's a huge Growing Pains fan, um, and then the, and even watched the recent Netflix revival of the show, which I forget what it was called. Um, wasn't, wasn't that memorable of a show but it was it was it was fun to see all these people back together again
2: if you were into the show so
1: yeah it's sad you know it's was, I was
0: into the show go ahead go
2: he he was a real friend of hockey i mean you know yeah. he was always involved in celebrity hockey I mean, he was playing hockey when he died he was out on the ice with his 19 year old son and he played uh, and you know i remember uh you know he ran with gretzky uh when gretzky was in la they were you know close friends uh, i'm trying to think who was the composer um uh, was in that group too. It was sort of like their own little Rat Pack. Oh um, yeah, uh, Foster. Well uh, that's it. That's who it was. Yeah, for sure. Foster. Um, yeah, mm. yeah. And uh, you know, they they just had a group, and you know, they spent a lot of time. And uh, you know, Thick uh, loved the game and uh, um, promoted it uh, before it was fashionable. Yeah, uh, in Los Angeles. So you know, he he really was. Uh, um, and as you mentioned, it had his Canadian roots certainly played a role in that, but. Um, you know, most of the guys who did a tour of duty in Los Angeles know Alan Thick, Like Eddie Mio, I mentioned before we went on the show, who was a, you know, former NHL goalie, um, you know, did a little tribute to him. He was, you know, friends with Alan Thick as well. I, I had just seen him on, uh, I was spinning the dial and ran across him on uh, Family Feud. Uh, <laughs> nice. his, uh, well, his he still got a commercial team. on
0: the radio for the IRS. He still has, he was in This Is Us. For an episode we just saw him i I just saw him a couple days ago on that because i'm getting caught up on that series and yeah we all were growing pains fans i think i mean met fans were because the writers wrote the sievers and the kuzman so that you know that was an instant oh that's kind of interesting right right that was underlining but the first one of the first things i ever covered was him playing in a charity hockey event in chelsea piers in new york and i got to interview him at that time and he was great and then i saw him again when the all-star game was in la and yeah, he just loved playing. He was a good player, too. He was not like Michael Rappaport, who couldn't skate and couldn't score and is maybe the worst celebrity player I've ever seen in my life. He was a good player.
1: That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, it, it is it, it is sad. And it's, but you know, he did, he did was playing hockey with his son. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, all right, let's move on with the show and we'll talk some hockey for the living. <laughs> I guess I'll say that. Well, oh, that's Wow. Sorry, it's been a day around here and I apologize. It's horrible. Alexa, what day is it? Today is Wednesday,
3: December 14th.
1: And you're Hockey. watching Hockey Buzz on Hockey. <laughs> I tried whoa, to do whoa, that. Whoa, I thought whoa, I could do whoa, that. Whoa. I like that.
3: Come off. on. The, oh. the toughest part is remembering the date and then you don't even remember how it oh.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's. I almost screwed it up there. was unbelievable. Hello. It's Wednesday, December 14th. 2016.
3: Kaya's pissed at you. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology.
1: Kevin Allen, USA Today Sports. And I'm blurry. Is that what you were saying, Russ?
0: You <laughs> were blurry, yes. Am I still blurry? <laughs> no, now you better.
1: Okay. I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buscast on HockeyBus.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday. We are very happy to have Kevin Allen back today. Um, how you doing, Kev?
2: Doing great. Happy to talk a little hockey here. Oh, I haven't been on in
1: a while. I miss you guys. Yeah, we miss having you on for sure. And we get so many requests to have you on. It's it's crazy. It's my most, one of my most common emails that I receive. What is Kevin coming back to the show? Um, so now you guys can stop emailing. He's back. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on the GM meetings, obviously, because that's a thing that you hold deep and have written plenty about. Um, okay. And some of my thoughts on it.
2: Well, you, uh, the, you're talking about the GM meetings or the owner's meetings? Oh, the owner's uh, meetings, I'm sorry. The ones that yeah, just- the owner's meetings were just uh, re- recently. Um, you know, what I find most interesting about them is I have a long history with them, and I, I always feel nostalgic when they're held at the breakers in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, because, you know, back in the 80s, that was standard operating procedure. Now Gary Bettman alternates them between the uh, the breakers and then uh, uh, Pebble Beach, uh, Uh, out there so that the west coast owners don't have so far to go but uh, um, in the old days it was like the wild west like guys owners would come out of the room especially if we're doing uh, talking about expansion or realignment and they'd still be arguing as they walked out the doors Uh, and now everything is so buttoned up that you know owners don't say much and gary bettman sort of delivers a unified message but the message was pretty clear this time that owners uh do not uh, favor going to the Olympic games. And I think we've all known that for some time, but they were pretty direct about it. And I Mm -hmm. think it was purposeful. I think they were just trying to let everyone know that this is, you know, this is for real this time, that we're not posturing. that, you know, they really do have issues with it all. And, um, it's a complicated situation because I think they know that it puts them on the biggest stage they will ever find on the other hand you know a what do they get from it and b it does cause some some discomfort for the business uh, side of the game in some markets it's hard to shut down and start back up again i mean obviously not in major markets but in but in some markets and there's the danger of uh, injury now yeah. I, I i've never been bothered by that um i think that's just part and parcel guys get hurt it's just luck and happenstance they could get hurt in a regular season game as well but know they see it differently in a parity league where uh you know all we got to do is look at the standings and see how close uh you know some of the races are and every team's the same that if you lose your premium player uh and you miss the playoffs because of that that could cost you millions and millions and millions of dollars plus the logistics of the olympics um are not the way they like them they're uh, the ioc sort of runs the show and the nhl views it as their players and um, they feel like they should have more say so there are a lot of complications but i I, I would say now my feeling is it's about 70 thirty against going okay. now federations tell me that they still believe that there's a, a shot that you know that Donald Feer is going to the players really want to go we all know that uh, and uh, I don't think Batman I think he's you know, knows the problems, but I also think like it wouldn't hurt his feelings if they had to go again. That's how I've always felt. You know, what I mean, yeah. so who knows? I mean, there, there's still cards to be played. Uh, Renny Fassell, the president of the IHF, said he's found the money. You know, as we all know, the IOC is no longer going to pay insurance costs right. or transportation costs, and that's over ten million dollars. That's amazing. So, but Fassell said he has come up with the money. Um, so, huh. To trust him on that I mean, so now it's just a matter of getting over the hurdle of the NHL just not
1: loving the concept And it, it, it has something to do with where it is being held obviously
2: to For sure
1: for the, for that, yeah, because they, would,
2: they would like to go to China and yeah. you know before the league was sort of telling me that they had sort of assurances that uh, Are implying anyway that they felt like they could skip 2018 and go back in 2022 to China but now they said on the record that that's a little ambiguous. That they're getting sort of mixed signals about that. That you know maybe they're the IOC is saying you know this either go all in or go all out. Uh, yeah, it could be negotiations. I could
0: today. see that. I could see that.
2: Doesn't it seem like
1: negotiations though? That I mean, it's the kind of thing. If the NHL wants yeah. to come to the Olympics, since doesn't the NHL get to come but to the Olympics? It, I it mean, it is
0: negotiations, Zach. But you got to think at some point it's not in the IOC's benefit. To have them in and then out and then in and because otherwise no, it's hard to market it it's hard to market it them you don't know what's going to go on
2: yeah but i would say this i mean from the ioc's perspective well first of all i, I you know the way i think they treat the nhl is reprehensible i mean it these is, are yeah. players uh, yeah. and you're getting a high talent level and you're getting a more premium tournament than you would have but saying that yeah you know if we all just put together our best non-nhl teams People are going to watch. You know, we yeah. watch synchronized swimming for gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we watch horses dancing for crying out loud. Yeah, we do. We do watch horses dance. And, and we like it, and we like horses dance. I
1: I got hooked on dressage last time, and I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not too proud the to say is, it.
3: The thing is, Kevin, if if if, it, if the NHL doesn't go, then the Olympic competition for hockey will be. The equivalent of the Spangler Cup. It'll be anybody who's not affiliated with a with a team. And I, and I you know, I'll watch it. it. You know, it'll still have yeah. some intrigue to it, but, but it but, won't be great hockey.
2: But, but it won't be great hockey. But you know, only um, you and uh, all the the members of the media uh, um, will care. I mean, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I mean, you know, what the number one question, uh, Mike Brown, my former uh, editor, and I talk about. In 2010, we were covering that great tournament um, where obviously uh, Sidney Crosby scores the golden goal and they win the gold medal and America made a nice run and Ryan Miller was the hero. The number one question we would get when we would do um, a a fan interaction um, was what team does Ryan Miller play for? Like they they had no idea that at that time he was playing for. I heard and, that too. It's so funny you say that. No, I mean that—that that was the number one question we would get yep. that every time we signed on.
1: And last time it was, "What team does Um Oshi play for?"
2: Right. Yeah. yeah
0: I, but that it, proves my point that you never get a spillover from the Olympics into the actual sport. All right. And that yeah. could
1: be true, and, and all that, and, and we all definitely want to watch. I think I think we'll all watch it, and and people will watch it. You know, no one knows who are who these synchronized swimmers are. NBC
0: will show it all; like they'll have it all either way. I mean, the, my
1: my, and I'm still going on this because I have it from a really pretty good source. That NBC is not happy about this either. And I, at the end of the day, I keep thinking NBC is the trump card in this. That NBC wants them to go to the Olympics because NBC covers both. I think, that's, and that they don't no, want to they don't want to cover the NHL.
2: I don't uh, think you have to, I don't think you have to source that. I think you can just go ahead. And that okay. Oh there.
1: yeah. All right. Well, I, I will just There's say, it, but I can honestly, somebody else who knows more about it said it to me. So,
3: I, I think that I think that you know. I mean, I'm sure NBC wants NHL players going, and we know that the, the the only fringe benefit from a few years ago was Enterprise Rent-A-Car putting TJ Oshie on some bad commercials. But 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 the the, the thing is, honestly, I think that the owners. Resisting against this trumps whatever NBC wants because they don't want their team to lose a player like John Tavares was lost to the New York Islanders, even though they weren't in the playoff race that year. You can just see a team. You know, you think Edmonton is anxious to see Connor McDavid in the Olympics and seeing him break his collarbone again? No.
1: Okay, but they they, listen. They also. Kevin, they all came out unanimously and said this, right? This is just something that every owner was sort of was behind, right? That they were all basically.
2: No, no, no that's not true. I mean, I did talk to some okay. owners, and I know of owners who are supportive of going to Olympic games okay. now. They have their reservations, but if there was a vote, I think they would vote for going. I don't think it's unanimous, but I, I think what Gary Bettman was saying is the majority of owners uh, are opposed to it. That's how I read that. Yeah, uh, I
0: Let me ask you the important question, because we know like Ted Leonsis clearly would send Alex Ovechkin. He would never stand in his way, so he'd probably be one of those owners that's not against it. But let's say there is no Olympics. What do you think the sanction would be for the NHL if Ovechkin says, I'm going, and he's under contract still for the NHL?
2: Well, you know, first of all, I think there'll be more than one Russian who will go. But I also think only the Russians Will take their players. Every other federation, you know, they're too aligned with the NHL. Yeah, I mean, right. especially Canada and the U.S. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canada and the U.S., uh, you know, you think that with the money that they get from the NHL, they're going to buck the system and and take uh, a, a maverick NHL player? That won't happen. So I, I think we'll see some Russians, but I think that'll be the only. And then what are they really going to do? They'll suspend yeah. him while he's gone, and then when he comes back, they'll reinstate him. I mean, you don't think there'll be a dollar
0: amount? you think they well, be money out of their pocket? Well,
2: they can't, they, you know, there's limits on what kind of fines they can impose on well, him anyway.
1: Suspending him without pay is a dollar amount. I mean, if they suspend him without pay, True. Well, that's a lot of money for a Vegkin, right? Yeah. So,
2: I, I don't know. I mean, to me, that would be, you know, he, yeah, I, I don't know that they would do that. So, yeah. and th- to be honest, Bettman was asked and he said, we're not going to cross that bridge.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, the one thing that bothers me about this, all of this is the fact that it was used as a negotiating ploy for the CBA. Yes. And that's still, I still think that that was a bit, I haven't talked to you since this happened, Kevin, but I think, I still think that's a bad idea. Like, just- well,
2: let, let's put it into context though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's fair criticism. Um, but let's put it in the, what, what did the PA do when the NHL just wanted to change to three on three uh, over time for the all-star game? Right. right. They, they, le- lever- they, they, what, they leveraged it. They said, Hey, you know, even though, I mean, come on, like, th- did anybody really care? Right, right, right. That's but true. They, had, they saw the opportunity, and what did the NHL say? All right, you win. We'll give you the you know, the week off, you know, okay. the bye week. This is what you want. So now all of a sudden the players want something, and the league said, well, you know, we've got an opportunity. Here. Now saying that, Bettman argues that's not exactly what happened. You know, okay. his, his argument was is that they were discussing in a broader sense the World Cup of Hockey calendar, and he said, "Well, if we want to get this nailed down, maybe we should look in terms of that. If, if you know, we the last time we did the World Cup, and remember, in 2004, when it was on the back of a uh, uh, end of a contract, it was a disaster. Right. Uh, and to avoid that again, we either need to change the date of the World Cup, or we need to assure that there's going to be labor peace. So." Would you consider if we wanted to, he says, you know, as Bettman said, I didn't even take it to my owners. He said, I said we'd discuss it. And he goes, that, then it was viewed as my offer. Now, that's oh, okay. how he it. Well, that
1: how makes it. me feel a lot better about it, um, the
2: way, because I mean, the trade was, was more of like, you know. The yeah, he, yeah, basically what he said is, what if I, would, would you be interested if I went to the owners and said, we'll go to 18-2022, but we'd have three years uh, extension. And
3: I'm sure, and I'm sure Bettman broaching that to the owners who are against going to the Olympics would be like, okay, we're getting three more years out of a CBA that we know is good for us. Maybe right. we have to give up a cap, maybe a little bit of a cap on escrow, but this is in the in the long run, this is good for us. And all we have to do is take down the bitter pill of going to South Korea. I think, you know, that makes sense. But of course, I didn't think the players were going to take it and right. you know, maybe there's more negotiation, but... I, I don't yeah, know. I knew Donald I said, Fear like, wasn't a like, I knew I, the you
2: know, minute. I mean, the other thing too that's that's really sort of I'm I'm struggling with a little bit is this whole escrow thing. Like, like I I get it. I'm sympathetic, but it's the optics of the issue. I mean, right. the escrow we all know. Anyone who owns a home knows that that's just accepted practice. <laughs> right, That
0: right.
2: that that the the uh, you know that you have enough to f- to fund you know the paying of the taxes and everything else. Well. That's why we have escrow. I mean, because the contract is ironclad, they get fifty percent. So to assure that, they got to make sure because every year the uh, PA can can say, okay, we're going to go up a little bit because they want more money in the in the pot. Um, and they they I forgot what that's called. Help me out. Es- escalator? No. Escalator. 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 So and so we trigger that so they can spend a little bit more, but because of that, the escrow grows up. Right. So right. well, now, what Gary Bettman said at the owners' meeting, which I found interesting, is, is he, you know, one of the reasons why he didn't want to give a number for the cap is, it seemed like he was going to say to the players, "Hey, look, if you're weary of this escrow, um, you know, let's not hit the escalator clause, and you know that'll lower it uh, to be sure, um, and you know there'll be less money to spend, but you guys won't have to put so much into escrow."
0: But and do, do and we have a number? I don't think the players have ever lost out on the escrow yet, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've had the... I mean, they've
1: they got, have, they have okay. not a lot. I mean, it's that's not, not a, lot. a
0: lot, though. Okay.
1: But yeah. I mean, see, and and Batman can say that perfectly fine to them. And and I think it's great. And it, it that sounds as if, you know, the two sides are working together, which is it's basically just like a friendly thing, like this is how this is working. So you shouldn't do that, you know, and that's fine. Um, and i like that partnership i like to believe that partnership exists that they that the sides have gotten actually closer together and i think they have in some ways and that's what kind of and i guess Bettman just didn't want this thing to get out because well, well, this yeah. getting out this getting out really sent i mean i just talked to so many players who were really upset about it they're like you know this holding the holding the holding the uh, you know the olympics over our heads for the for that and it made players think players who wanted to just who who think this whole cba is great if the NHL is willing to just extend it for no reason like that for just the Olympics, which we might go to anyway, they they were saying maybe we should maybe we shouldn't think the CBA is so great. Maybe we maybe we're getting maybe we're maybe something's wrong here well, because
3: well the, the the ironic thing here is with the proposal of this you know Ryder Cup type of tournament and the World Cup for I think it was 2020, 2020 that's related to hockey related revenue that would in a, in a sense reduce escrow or No, in- the, the World Cup doesn't. Yeah, no, it
1: does. The World Cup is not hockey-related re- re- revenue, right?
3: I, I believe it is.
0: If it's the NHL running it, yeah. I don't I think, think it yeah. is.
1: Is it, Kevin? I mean, I, 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 believe- well, I well, thought the,
2: it was a separate deal. It was its own. It, it, yeah, but is it, the the split on the World Cup is significant for players? I mean, oh no, yeah.
1: it's really good, but it doesn't connect to the escrow at all. It doesn't connect. To oh,
2: the world no, because they get because it's a split of the money already. So I mean, it's right. revenue in that they get their fair share of it. But
1: yeah, I mean, is, it's not that that,
2: that like you know that. magical hockey related revenue
1: that we talk about. That's what but that,
3: there is there's absolutely no revenue being derived from the Olympics. I mean, they're, they're, you know you'll, you'll get NBC. Right.
1: No, you're right about not, that. Hundred percent.
3: And see, that's the thing. If if the big issue with the with the players' association is escrow then going to the olympics shouldn't be that big of a deal because it doesn't help that escrow situation out at all that's all i'm saying
2: yeah but they but they want to go to the olympics just because it's the olympics like like i to be honest with you i think i i understand both sides of this like i understand the players not uh the optics of them taking money out of their check nobody likes that you know i don't care if you're making 10 million dollars a hundred thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars when there's more taking your check it drives you crazy right Uh, so so we we all understand that i also understand that they'd be miffed that the league would uh, tie uh uh, the olympics uh to extending the cba it seems like over like the two shouldn't be related and it seems a little unfair but you know both sides have played hardball at various times just as as i mentioned like you know but know, I mean,
1: the way it played out was that if if you know the way it, at the time we sort of assumed that Bettman had talked to the owners about this because they and they would be okay with this because it,
2: it, the way you're the way you're describing it Bettman would still had to
1: go to the owners and
2: say if this yeah but was they would have been okay with it for just we might just set it you know I mean th- th- to have you know because now you're selling look we're gonna have a couple of World Cups we're gonna have the Ryder Cup we're gonna have Labor Peace it's all gonna be good right yeah. I
1: get it but if you're but if you're okay with that. And then you come out and say all the things you said at the owners' meeting, where you don't want to go to the Olympics. It 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 suddenly makes you wonder how serious you are about the money you're losing for the Olympics. I mean, there's, I'm I'm playing a little devil's advocate here. I can hear myself like self contradicting myself, but I'm talking about like what I've heard from that side of things. I'm trying to that
2: part of negotiations is sometimes doing things you don't want to do. Of course, isn't that that the definition of a good compromise when everybody's unhappy? (laughs) Yes. But, the, but the,
3: last, the, the last, the last thing that the NHL is going to do is threaten to say we're not going to go to the Olympics yeah. unless we get a three-year extension, and then get no three-year extension, and then agree to go to the Olympics. It's like they were, you know, they were putting up some false pretense. You yeah. can't do that. You undercut your credibility if you do that. That's why I'm saying if there isn't any. A benefit to the owners—they're not going. There has to be something that the that the NHL gets out of going to the Olympics. I got to tell you something. I don't know who's excited or not about this Ryder
0: Cup. I haven't found anybody that's enamored with this idea.
3: Yeah,
1: I—I really—it's it, been so underplayed too. People—I don't think a lot of people know about it yet. Why don't you explain it well, Russ, us? What it is exactly? Well, I mean, I'm
0: not a golf guy. I mean, Mike might know it, but it's a nations thing where yeah, nations yeah, play right. against each other.
3: The, Ry- the Ryder Cup is basically the United States versus versus Europe uh, uh, in a in a sort of a match tournament. But in this instance, we don't know whether it's going to be the U- you know North America versus Europe right. or you know, how they're going to do it. But right. the, the only thing I like about it is they say it's going to replace in the years that they do it, it's going to replace the All Star Game. Hallelujah! Well, yeah, I mean,
2: and the concept hasn't really been finalized yet. It's right. it's really just sort of in the planning stages and initially the first thought now I don't know if they're still on this but I remember when I talked to John Collins about it when he was still there he talked about like you know maybe it would be done in in Great Britain um, in the like UK that, yeah. you know? um, and uh, yeah. you know to try to grow the game um, yeah. you know like the NFL going to London and um, you know it would just uh, uh, I, you know I I don't know why yeah uh, rust saying people aren't excited about it I you know to me if you do it, it's just something extra. So yeah. if it works, it works. Something
0: extra, but I mean, when it was mentioned, the way it was mentioned, there was definite confusion. Cause like, we don't even know what it would be, entail. And there definitely wasn't excitement. Like, yeah, I got to watch this. This is going to be great. I just think it's just another thing. Like you're just like, I, again, if you don't want to have the all-star game, don't have the all-star it game, but you're now copying, do. you're copying the golf world, which again, I don't think, you know, I don't know a lot of people that watch, the Ryder Cup in the golf world. I'm sure there are, but I don't oh,
2: know that a, many. Yeah, it's a lot, actually.
1: The problem is the name. Like, here's here's what they need to do. Okay. They need to we all know Quebec's coming back eventually, right? They're gonna have an NHL team eventually. So say they're in say we have an NHL team in Quebec three years from now. Just that's possible. And if that's the case, you know what we need to do? Instead of the Ryder Cup, we need another oh, rendezvous. Rendezvous.
3: I know I, you're gonna say that. Yeah,
1: and because the, the NHL does this, is at its best when it does that, when it when it calls on its own history. Yeah, brings, I think they
0: would be better served doing that. I agree.
1: Yeah, and brings things back. So having another rendezvous series would be phenomenal, like that. And that was, I mean, we all remember that so fondly. You know, that was a great series. You know, and uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you do it. Um, you know, that side of the Atlantic versus this side of the Atlantic, or whatever you want to do it, however you want to do it. Well,
3: but the I mean, like- the, Go ahead, the aim seems to be that the NHL wants to grow the game internationally. So playing them in Toronto or playing it in Detroit or Philadelphia doesn't grow the game, playing it in Helsinki or Stockholm or in Germany or in Austria that grows the game. It, it's a better showcase for the, for the, for the game internationally, if it's played in Europe or even, you know, the, they're talking about China as a precursor to the Olympics. That probably is where they would go with this. At least I think it would.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a possibility. Uh, you know, I've said all along, like I, you know we still have like a khl versus the nhl um yeah confrontation i think you could have a series you know if you took the khl champion and played him against the you know we all say oh, well, the state you know it, I, scouts tell me that the khl is like the ahl mm-hmm. well yeah. you know well we we heard that you know in 19 early 1970s as well the angel's was going to dominate you know what you know I mean, it'd be a lot of pressure on the NHL. But what if we just did that? I mean,
0: I think uh, that would be better. I I like that idea better.
2: It'd yeah, be I mean, I, I I think it would be unbelievable. And you know, they've talked. To, you know, they have the Champions League, but you know, what what if there was something beyond the Stanley Cup? What if I like, there was? I, I, I that,
1: that's, that's where it should, I've always wanted you to go. There eventually, you know, that's what you're Or really or, or
3: have or have this. You know, have the Stanley Cup champion play like the KHL All Stars, sort of like the All Star game was before Wales and Canada.
2: it would be better if they played the KHL champion though I just it would, think you
1: need the champion of the K you need a four team a four team thing Is what you need the NHL no, the champion KHL champion. champion no no you did the NHL the KHL champion a champion team that would be derived from the winner of the Swedish and Finnish leagues so you have like a Scandinavian champion and a Switzerland and a Swiss champion because the Swiss league is so good right now so to me that if you have those four teams you know, or maybe the Swiss League plays the Czech League or something like that. I mean, there's some really good leagues. You could have a real legitimate world. I
0: don't think they're they're good enough. Like, I think
1: no, they aren't. But there, I think isn't is the KHL much better than the Swedish League?
0: I yeah. think it's, it's better offensively for sure. Yes, and I've now heard look, both. I've heard both. Can a Swedish League team hold down a KHL team score? Sure, but I but I think at the end of the day, the, the KHL would would beat the the swedish league i do now the swiss league that there's no chance like they
1: right they would they, be the underdogs for sure
0: they would be like japan at times like it would be bad
1: but they're getting better and every year they're Yeah, getting the better. Finnish I mean.
0: league they still would have trouble too the swedish league is the only other one if you wanted to do three teams i don't think the Finnish league could even be in there either because all they're going to try and do is keep the score down and that's you know it's going to be a little boring
1: well it's funny because something on my docket today was um on my yeah. my little news list of news things I put down today was this. Um, Avis Kalnins, you know who he is. Yeah, he's a um, he's a tweeter. He's a tweeter. He's a writer for. He tweets out he stuff the K- from the KHL. K- K- yeah, he's
3: based in Latvia.
1: Yeah, he's a really good KHL guy. Said, had an Ilya Kovalchuk quote today that says, "In a few years, KHL will be able to compete with NHL." And then um, Avis re- finishes his tweet by saying, "I can't confirm he was sober when he said this." <laughs> never going to happen. This is a KHL guy saying that too, which is why it's very well. Funny.
3: And, and the funny thing is is that we've seen sort of like a growing exodus in the KHL over the, la- over the last couple of years. I mean, Radulov left, Zaitsev left. I mean, Gatsuk went back to Russia basically at, what, 37, 38 years old to yeah. finish his career because of family yeah. concerns. So, you know, it's not getting better over there. It's getting worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It the is.
3: Problem, the problem with the KHL is this. They have that league called the
0: MHL, which has their prospects.
3: Right.
0: There's only a handful of prospects every year that come out of that league that actually get into the NHL draft and get drafted. Most of the guys that get drafted come straight from the KHL. So yeah. that MHL Juniors isn't very good. It's still not good. Fatisoff was supposed to fix it. He hasn't fixed it. And that's the biggest problem. Like, so they're basically feeding off of already existing talent. They're not really creating much of their own.
3: Yeah, th- there was a Maple Leaf draft pick who uh, was drafted out of the MHL. He was on a KHL roster, didn't play any games after playing uh, in the Western Hockey League last year. Yeah, was sitting dormant, and he ended up he ends up going back to the Western Hockey League because they won't play him. So,
2: right. the much bigger problem with the KHL is is that their economic model is not sustainable. Yeah, right. Like, like you know, they're a subsidized league essentially. I mean, they're. Um, uh, uh, Beholding holding to the philanthropy of a, you know, group of very rich people who, um, or communities, uh, who are willing to subsidize the teams because their arenas really aren't big enough to support their salary structure. At least that's what I've been told. And, you know, uh, well, how long will they do this? Uh, if there's a downturn in the economy, what, you know, what will what will happen? Um, you know, yeah. we've already seen some economic problems there as well with players complaining about, you know, lateness of payments and so forth. So um, I, I think that's that's the bigger issue there is is that you know, you just wonder how long they'll be able to sustain and it, it you know, It's already started to be some have not haves and have nots because of the financial yeah. aspect. Oh, of it. yeah, for sure
1: has um, I didn't I did my blog today on buyers and sellers my buyers and sellers rankings um, in the Western Conference today Early on this is the, I do this I'll do this through the rest of the whole trade deadline uh, so this is just the first baseline the whole thing and it was interesting the eastern conference yesterday um i had we had you know many more buyers than sellers and it's the same in the western Conference, but it's even it's even more accentuated in the western conference essentially um is what i came out to um and i the system for those who didn't watch yesterday or didn't read the blog is basically i have 12 different factors i've come up with this formula over the years i never really i never shared it until this year but i thought i would share it with you guys it's just the idea of trying to figure out who are buyers and sellers based on so many different criteria, including you know, where they are in the standings, how many teams they would have to pass to get into the playoffs, how many teams they would have to lose out to in the playoffs, you know, the amount of the amount of money they have under the cap, and it goes on and on. Their their goal differential, which I always think is sort of a better semblance of how good a team is sometimes and even looking at the standings. Um, goal differential tends to be. So anyway, um and I again end up with very strong buyers, strong buyers, likely buyers, possible buyers, and the same thing on the other side of sellers. So in the Eastern Conference yesterday, I had in the strong buyers and the very strong buyers category, which is really where the trades will happen. The middle teams I sort of throw out for now because they're, they could go either way still. I had eight, I had, um, I had nine teams in the East and I had only, no, I had eight teams in the East and only five strong sellers in the East, where in the West, I also have eight teams as buyers and only three strong sellers in the West. And that basically comes out to 16 and eight. So that means buyers in the NHL are out, outnumbering sellers two to one, which is when it gets to that point, it becomes a definite seller's market, you know. At least at this point, and 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 it's early. The reason I bring it up now is, when I started doing this yesterday, I realized that it's early for a seller's market. It's early to have that kind of a ratio in terms of what I've done in the past. Um, Kevin, thoughts on this?
2: Well, I mean, uh, uh, you know, there's there's just not a lot of teams that are totally out of it. Uh, yeah, I I I I think um, I. I find that the, the the players that teams are looking for don't exist. Um, yes. You know, yes. Uh, you know the, the Tampa Bay Lightning needs to upgrade their defense. They've been looking around for it, But there really aren't players really available. Um, yeah. And uh, I, there's a couple of teams looking for centers, and I, I don't see any of them really available either. No. Uh, and I think there's a commitment. And the other issue, one of the big – sellers everyone looks at is our Vancouver, but they, they have to commit to a rebuild before that's going to happen. Yeah, so. totally
1: agree. And, and Vancouver,
3: well, the, the mean, connection so
1: there seems to be that there's the a disconnect between maybe what management wants to do and what ownership wants to do in, in Vancouver, which is, you know, not uncommon.
2: Um, among, well, some it's some interesting is last night they had that third period collapse and, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 you know, to be honest, there was a similar situation, not a third period collapse, but there was a, uh, a, uh, uh, just a terrible loss by the red wings to the arizona coyotes a tired team who had lost uh, big the night before a yeah. game red wings really needed to win to stay in the game and they lost but um it's it's two different situations in vancouver like i know that everyone's got the torches and pitchforks out in uh, vancouver like calling for the mm-hmm. coach to be fired and so forth but uh you know to me like if, if sometimes when that situation happens, you say, okay, okay, it's time to go out and get the, the number two center or trade for a defenseman. But right. in the, in the Canucks situation, the decision they have to make is not like, there's no one to trade for that is going to make the situation better. You know, either you could right. change the code. So, you know, that has to wait to the end In the Red Wings situation, they have to decide, you know, could they go out and get someone to make them a better shot to make the playoffs because they there's still third place is still in reach. And oh yeah, the Atlantic. Uh, well, the, the thing with
0: Vancouver is they'd have to make a blockbuster to move both of the Sedines, probably. That's probably what they'd have to do. Yeah. I, don't, I,
2: I, tell, I tell you what I would do in that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this has come up to them. I would just go to the Sadines, who are just really good guys and yeah. just lay it all out. If you're going to commit to a rebuild, you bring them in, and you make it public. Like, is, you tell everybody, look, we're bringing the Sedins in, we're explaining to them, and we're going to do whatever they want us to do. Right. And if they want to try to move together this summer, we'll make every effort to try to accommodate them.
3: Right. But it's going to have to be in the summer because it's $14 million in cash.
2: Yeah, no, it, yeah. it, it, it couldn't could be done in that yeah. trade. But up. it yeah. could be done at the, in the summer. Yeah,
3: what, but what year? what what? Eck is saying with this, with, with his buyers and sellers list. I mean, if you look right now, legitimately in the NHL, there's probably four or five teams that are guaranteed sellers at the deadline based on where they are in the conference right now. I won't go through all of them. But a guy like Martin Hansel, who's on a team that's definitely going to be a seller, yeah. and a player who's a UFA, that's the type of guy. I mean, he's a good center. He's big. I think he's a pretty decent player. But because there is not a lot out there, and he and he's a, and he's a, uh, probably would fit into a number two center role on a few teams. Arizona is going to get overpaid for Martin Hansel, and his contract I think is three point one million dollars. So because because the market be is reasonable,
1: small, I mean it, Yeah, I mean they're not going to get overpaid
3: like crazy for no. And I think there's a misunderstanding
1: overpaid. too about my blog and a couple of things is is buyer sellers basically. This is there's three aspects to this year's trade deadline in my opinion. There is always the rental players, but the rental players are really like you are really limited. And that's the buyer sellers that we're talking about. This is all about rental players, buyer seller. That is rental player stuff. Um, and there aren't that many. I just did my top 15 rentals, and you know, some people are like, I can't believe so-and-so is number five on this list if that's if we're gonna have a terrible trade deadline if that's the case. And yeah, it's true. Not really, but I mean I'm just if, if you just looked at it that way. There are three aspects of the trade deadline. The the second aspect is we are starting to see more and more player-for-player trades. Um, And but they usually happen in the off season. That's what we've noticed, right? So they usually happen in the summer. Uh, Last year we saw obviously two big ones happen on the same day with Subban and Weber and Larson and Hall. Um, But we might we could possibly this year see some at the trade deadline. It sounds like, and there are some teams that are looking for certain things, and and you might actually see teams making some moves in the third factor, which is of course the expansion draft, which is a different factor we don't usually have, right? So and we don't know yet how much that's going to play into it i don't haven't gotten a real sense yet that it's as big of a deal as we might want it to be in the expansion draft as far as the trades go but um have you gotten any sense of that gav
2: no um i think there'll be a lot of action right after the season before the expansion draft right. obviously um yeah the, the other thing about the rentals is it's complicated by some of the rentals may not be viewed as rentals uh you know like shattenkirk is great example of that yeah like you know because of where the blues are at you know they won't view him as a rental even though they've you know tried to move him. they're trying to make a hockey trade you know with him i i have hansel as my number one uh guy but i will say that i do expect the coyotes will make a pretty strong effort to resign him Here, um, yeah. here's
0: here's a they thought could. though. with with the decline now of the florida panthers if that were to continue they're two three and three under tom Rowe. He was completely frustrated last night on the bench. He was yelling at players. Post game, he called a reporter stupid, which is fine. You could say somebody asked a stupid question. It was about Luongo. That's fine. He Although he views Luongo as one of the best goalies in the world, I'm not sure he's that high up anymore. But if all those things don't settle, Kev, you could see where Florida might move some guys because Tom Rose basically saying there are guys that are just showing up to play, and that's not good enough. And so maybe they would make a couple of trades that we're not even anticipating.
2: I guess it's possible. Um, you know, I, if I'm uh, the ownership there, I, I'm really questioning what I did here. Um, yes. you, you know, like uh, they were headed in the right direction and everything was going well. Now all of a sudden they made some major changes and they look like a disaster. Um, yeah. So, so I I don't know that we can predict what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they are the wild card. wrestling. I think you're right, yeah. and, and because because of that, I mean. If the players on this, you know, they seem to have gotten rid of everybody from a certain re- from that regime to a degree, not gotten rid of, but moved them along. So some of these players are also from that regime, and usually, what you see when this happens is those players go as well, right? Well, they've, but, they've
3: either gotten rid of them Ak, or they've extended them. They just extended everybody. I mean, Huber, though, Barakov, Ackblatt, everybody. No, they, did, they did a
1: big. They did a big extension, and that that makes them. I think some of those players who were extended actually a little bit tradable because they are some of the contracts sure, are not terrible they're good
0: contracts, but even a jogger, you know, he he'll pass Mark Messier this year, right? For second all time scoring. But then if the team's not going to be a playoff caliber and maybe he doesn't like what's going on, he might ask for a trade or they might go up to him and say, Hey, can we trade you? I mean, so someone like Jarom or Yager could be on the market.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair.
1: I think they could move Yager and you can sign back in the summer there again. I think sure. that could happen very easily. He likes it there. I think they could easily go back there. Um, real quick, we wanted to get into this too. Um, I didn't want to get into this, but we were chasing it down as it was happening. Is this report at LA, LA Times by Helene Elliott that Ron Wilson has suffered a stroke um, and is recovering from a stroke, actually, is how the article says. Yes. So um, I don't know when this stroke actually I was trying to figure out when it happened. Um, when
3: he was at the u.s hall of fame uh was it last week russ yeah he, i spoke to him i interviewed him he was in
0: good spirits he's a great hockey guy he was funny yeah. these things just happen it's a shame but i hope he gets well soon
2: yeah my yeah my understanding was it was a mild stroke if there okay. is
1: so yeah okay yeah so that's good good to hear that you know definitely for sure i wanted to, I wanted to check into that as well um back on the luanga thing real quick um Yes. Funny you say that. Luongo, um, someone sent me for the crazy stat for today. I like the fact that actually we're getting people sending me crazy stats, and this is good. And I found this on Reddit as well. It uh, was pulled for the fourth time in the last seven starts at the XL Energy Center, where he can't last last so night. And that's what
0: the question came. That's what yep. the question was pointed right. at, and that's where Rose yep. said it was stupid. Right. But there are stats to back it up. It's He's not.
1: He's 3-12-3 really- lifetime playing in Minnesota. Jeez. That's crazy. That's a crazy number for a goalie that good. You know, um, just yeah. really, 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 really wacky.
3: Something that just, I mean, there's.
2: That, that the actual word he used was stupid?
3: Stupid, yes. For the first time he, the first time he responded, he said ridiculous. Right. Then he, then he added stupid. So he, and he was clearly, he was clearly miffed. And I mean, I, I get, I see to me, I, and I'm maybe reading a little too much into it. I think he obviously he's feeling the pressure right now because that team is is foundering and, 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 and I, it's, I think they're at a loss of, you know, for the reason why I can tell you the reason why they changed two thirds of their defense. yeah They, you know, and, and, and I mean, it's it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that the Florida Panthers ha- maybe mismanaged is not a, is, is over, overdoing it, but they've gone, you know, they were in a positive direction the last two years, and they've reversed course dramatically this year.
1: Yep. Yeah, the uh, cluster of
3: Luongo,
0: like his contract will go till he's like 42, I think. But even at 40, who and Dwayne Rollison looked pretty good at 40 back in the day. I don't know how good Luongo is
3: going to look at 40. So, you know, there is a window there. Right. And isn't there, isn't there a cap recapture uh, aspect to that contract? With uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if there is, but I, I think because that was one of those lengthy contracts and there would be some sort of ramification to the Canucks if he retired early. Oh, so. wow.
1: Yeah, there's a the fun cap recapture man. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so Brad Marchand got in a little bit of trouble last night. Um, he put out this quote, this tweet. I don't know how well you can see it here, but it says, um, at NHL and at NHL player safety, this hit cost me seven games and half a million dollars. Way to be consistent. Um talking about the hit that Emelin – um you know when em Emeline on sure. on marchan.
3: well, yeah.
1: and then he, of course he deleted the tweet prickly right. after the, um, right
3: probably because the probably because the the Bruins told him to. but i I yeah. think I think he's right in a way. I, I do because of the, you know certain play I mean, and okay, Uh Rafi Torres is going to get penalized for the the last hit that Rafi Torres got suspended for was not worthy of a, I think it was a 20 game suspension, but it was Rafi Torres. There's a book on him. That's right. what happens. Brad Marchand, you know, he, who, I can't remember the, 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 the uh, Vancouver Canuck player that he, he completely submarined the, the game after the, in 2012, right after they, you know, or in 2011 after they had uh, played in the final, he undercut somebody. And I don't think he got suspended for that one, but the next one after that, he did get suspended. There is a reputation base in, in terms of these suspensions. And I think, you know, Marchand is just saying, well, Alexi Emelin is the biggest cheap shot artist in the NHL. So why isn't he getting the penalty?
1: Right. And finally, quick Jonathan quick news. Jonathan quick today is out until March now.
0: Yeah. I, 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 chuckle at this one only because we were told, Hey, this was just a procedure and this is a pretty lengthy absence for just an outpatient procedure, so you know he had knee work done and and this is what happens now that's going to put the Kings in a tough spot because they're going to have to remain at least at 500 until that time. And Jeff Carter is already sort of you know saying this team is fragile. like this is like not a great sign
3: for them.
2: No, Jeff Carter came
3: out and said that last night. It's going to be a tough procedure for them to find a new new goaltender if they need one yeah
1: i mean i mean kev do you i watching the kings this year they really do look different to me they 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 look as if you can beat them in certain if you play a certain way
2: yeah they look a little bit stale um just the way that i would would phrase it and you know quick it just changes everything i mean the biggest lie always is when players say well it doesn't matter who's in net we play right right no you don't you know you don't play the same you you know, you overcompensate or, you know, you play more defensive or, you know, you try to do too much and it just changes everything. You know, and, you know, I mean, look at Calgary Flames. You know, Johnson is playing w- with such confidence that the Flames are playing with such confidence uh, and yeah. it just makes everybody better. Um, Incredible. You know. No,
1: you're 100 percent right. Um, and then this Justin, KHL has adopted the three on three overtime um, and just put it in midseason and decided that they're going to go to it.
0: I'm against the three-on-three overtime because of, like, I interviewed Aaron Ecklade the other day. I put it up on Sportsology. He called it a chess match. We now have players leaving the offensive zone to go back and reset everything, just and not always for a change, sometimes just to slow it down. It's yeah. it's not what it was last year, and I have a feeling it's going to get worse.
3: And, Russ, a very experienced San Jose team last night in an in in overtime against Toronto, I counted eight times where they had put. Puck possession at the blue line, and instead of making the risky pass that would have turned out to be a two on one the other way, the player backed out to the red line or even deeper and yeah. allowed the other two players to change and reset the whole thing. It has been coached up efficiently, effectively.
2: I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair too. I mean, I don't know any other options though. I mean, I think that, I mean, what- get
3: rid of three on three,
0: get rid of the shootout, let it be winner take all. Let it just be winner take all hockey. Why can't we have that?
1: Well, you you want to play until someone wins?
0: No, no, no. I mean, they could play a, they could play a time limit, I guess, in, in overtime. And if they had, if they had to have a tie, it's fine. But I still want to see. Or if you want to leave the shootout, leave it. Just go back to five on five overtime in a shootout. But then it, just let it be winner take all. That's it. No loser point anymore. Get rid
2: of it.
1: Two on two. That's my that's my answer. <laughs> two on two is the way to go. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't coach out two on two. I mean, too that's like, teams. what is it? It's are just you, two players against two players, and by two on two, I mean with the goalie included. So right. I, like, I think that this has to be what, like uh, basically what? like the video game hat trick, where you have the one forward and the goalie, um, and that's it. And that's you have
0: it. to admit, too many teams are getting propped up by this one point that they get two, three times a week or once every two weeks. Oh, we had that
1: crazy stat last week. Remember, it was just. Yeah. Uh, it was nuts how many how many games have gone to overtime this early in the 26% as of a
0: week ago.
1: Yeah. And that's way higher than normally in the beginning of the year. So it always gets higher at the end of the year. So we don't know where we're going to go from here. You know, this is like this is just crazy. Um again. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks so much for yep. jumping on today.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to run, guys. Okay, okay we'll take, take care. Kevin. We're gonna stop too. I appreciate it.
1: Remember without the buzz, it is just hockey, guys. We will talk to you tomorrow. See you then.